this is awesome. Grant, I think you say it on some of your former podcasts. NIL really is fast tracking real life skills by five to 10 years for student athletes. Uh, take advantage of it. it it's, it's a really fun time to be a student athlete. I wish I had these opportunities when I was in school. The Invest in You show by On3 is designed for today's student athlete to navigate the new era of name, image, and likeness. Whether it's current athletes, celebrities, or well-known business icons joining us, each week we hope to give our listeners the playbook to expedite life skills by five to ten years. Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Invest in You podcast presented by On3 Sports. I am your host, Grant Ferking, president of NILU, and we are so grateful to be joined today by two very special guests, Mr. Chase Garrett, founder and CEO of Icon Source, and Drew Butler, executive VP of Collegiate at Icon Source. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Grant. Excited to be on. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Excited uh, to be on and, and really excited for everything you guys have going on at NILU. Likewise, likewise. So, you know, Chase, I wanted to give you an opportunity as we start off, kind of lay the foundation of everything of your background. You, you've been in sports marketing for most of your career, how that kind of developed and what led you to the NIL side of things in sports, how you saw that coming and then what led to the inception of Icon Source. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty lengthy process. So uh, I grew up, I raced motocross professionally as a young person, uh, went to school down at University of Central Florida. And when I graduated, my career was pretty weak. And so I kind of went to everybody I knew and said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll represent you guys. So I, I built a sports marketing team uh, where I was representing talent uh, across action sports, Olympics, uh, and just did endorsement deals. Did that for a while. Uh, and got a lot of really exciting experience. Action sports was really uh, exploding at that stage. And then um, I eventually made my way to Red Bull, where I helped run their athlete marketing program. And so when I joined Red Bull, they actually had me really diversify their athlete portfolio. So sign athletes in football, basketball, baseball, like Reggie Bush, Chris Bryant, Victoria Azarenka in tennis. Uh, and I realized that a company with the credibility in sports like Red Bull I could show up to any new sport discipline, sit down with the best athletes in the world and the best agents, put together really productive contract deals quickly. Uh, but for the most part, no other brands have that ability. They don't have that access. They don't understand who do I go to. And if they somehow Google the right person, that, that agent most likely isn't going to respond to a local business that hasn't ever done a deal just because it takes a lot of time and effort just to, just to educate folks on what, what goes involved in working with an athlete? What are the expectations? How do you facilitate a contract? So uh, I, I was at Red Bull for about seven years. I was traveling 300 days a year. It was an absolute insane job. Uh, it was awesome, but I was ready to really build my own thing. And so I connected with our now CTO, Dale, uh, who is just finishing his master's from Harvard in computer science. And I said, Dale, could we create a marketplace and really digitize uh, the efforts I'm doing on a manual basis uh, for all brands to have access to the best athletes, the best agents, and, and put together deals really quickly. So we worked through that process, and we launched that um, back in 2019. So uh, the timing was perfect. We did it really focused on the professional athletes. Uh, I had uh, a huge network of agents that I had done a lot of deals with while at Red Bull. And when I went to them expressing this new idea, they were excited. And they said, you know what, Chase, I trust you. You understand how to put deals together. Uh, let's, let's lean into this and go. And so, um, the whole college thing, we had, we had kind of a head start. 
uh, we, we had been doing it the right way. We'd been working with the biggest athletes and the biggest names in sports uh, to really validate our process and, and for us to really learn uh, how can you create a wide amount of deal flow, do all types of endorsement deals uh, and, and make it um, unique and exciting for each individual. And so here we are today. The world has changed, which has created massive adoption towards a platform like ours. Uh, I'd like to say I had great um, foresight. I, you know, we always thought this was going to be coming into fruition, but there was no, you know, exact sort of dates on it. Uh, but, you know, we definitely created something really exciting at, at a really perfect time. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. And Drew, I wanted to give you the same opportunity of, of kind of what led you to Icon. I know you, former college athlete, University of Georgia, what led you to enter into the NIL space, especially on the collegiate size, side of things? And kind of what led you to see opportunity there and, and join Chase and the team? Yeah, absolutely. So I played football at the University of Georgia from 2007 to 2011 and then went on to have a five-year career in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Arizona Cardinals. And sports has always been a really important part of my life. I've stayed involved in the game of college football and sports in general with a, a digital media career in broadcasting, which has been really exciting. And a couple of years ago when the NCAA announced that they were going to change the rules and allow student athletes to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, I thought it would be the biggest change in college sports in over 100 years. Uh, I love college sports, uh, specifically college football, but all of college sports. I live in Atlanta. I understand how important it is to the culture down here. And as a former student athlete, I thought this was going to be a really fascinating opportunity for kids to take advantage of this new rule change. And take advantage means capitalize, right? Monetize on this opportunity to put some dollars in your pocket and, and, and make a real impact of the moment in time that you have to create some opportunity for yourself. So I started reading into the legislation that was being proposed, some of the state laws that were getting passed. And I saw that it was pretty clear that the universities could not get involved, right? The money is not flowing through the universities. The universities cannot help facilitate deals directly or indirectly, but they can help educate these kids. They can provide them with marketing services and brand building firms to help these kids try to uh, greaten their exposure. And they can hire on monitoring and disclosure and compliance softwares to make sure that the kids don't get in trouble. What can't they do? Help the kids get paid. And that's the hardest part. So I thought there was a huge gap in the market to allow these kids to kind of take the weight off their shoulders. I was a student athlete. Grant, you're currently a student athlete. 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day, your day is slammed. Not a lot of time to go out and source deals, vet contracts, process payments, collect all that information, gather it, and then give it to compliance. It's not consistent. It's not efficient whatsoever. So I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. I was thinking about some ideas from a student athlete's perspective. And one of my close friends, he reached out to me and said, hey, I saw this company called IconSource. This kind of sounds like exactly what you're thinking about. So I looked up IconSource on LinkedIn. I sent Chase a message during the middle of the pandemic last June. And I said, hey, you have a fascinating company. I spoke to some of my professional former teammates who had profiles, some of the agents that I've worked with in the past who had utilized the platform. And they said, yeah, it's great. We love it. We know Chase. This is a platform that we've adopted within our own companies. So I reached out to him and said, hey, have you guys thought about how you could enter the NIL space next summer when this rule change happens? We started having conversations. We met in person. One thing led to another. And at the beginning of this year, they brought me on to run their college division, which has been a, a real blessing and a, and a wild ride that I hope doesn't slow down anytime soon. Man, I love it. I want you guys to touch on the importance, and Drew, you just talked about it a little bit, but in the world of NIL, and here we are 
a hundred, just over a hundred days into this new era, whether it's seven on seven coach, high school football coach, high school mentor, college mentor, your brother, sister, aunt, uncle, mom, and dad, everybody has someone in their circle that loves them and cares about them. What I've seen too much already in this era early on is those people thinking that they are the expert in sports marketing and they <laughs> yeah. are the, that they're the expert to go and broker deals and be their agent and telling them that they are worth way more than what the deal coming to them is actually worth. And they're throwing away really good opportunities. What's the importance of having a third party or someone in your corner like icon that can help you get to a deal, do it safely for your fair market value and basically both make both ends meet in the right way without letting a deal slip aside. Yeah. I, I want to just kind of tee chase up here. Cause he'll be the perfect person to speak to this. When I was really taking account of the players within the NIL space, some of the companies that you see get a lot of the headlines that maybe do or don't do what icon source does. I was kind of diving in and saying, who's running these companies, who's leading these companies, who actually has experience in sports marketing, who has done deals between brands and professional athletes who was a former professional athlete who's been on both sides of the table and that's where chase really stood out i was like this guy knows what he's talking about he's actually done it before he sat down with chris bryant he sat down with reggie bush he represented red bull he knows what it takes sports marketing is a completely unique world and now with this influx of college student athlete talent there was going to be a huge learning curve. So I was attracted to that. That compelled me to say, hey, this is a team right here that actually understands the inner workings. And I think, Grant, one of the things that continues to be said within the first 100 plus days of NIL is that it's the wild, wild west, that nobody knows what's going on. It's crazy out here. Well, that may be true, but at Icon Source, we know exactly what's going on. You know why? Because we facilitate deals, right? We get the questions at the finish line from the kids who are simply trying to get paid and they don't have the answers of the simple questions that they need to know in order to capitalize. So having somebody like IconSource, a platform like we have to help these kids along the way and to do it safely in the right way, uh, that's huge. So that's why Chase is so valuable. He, he knows how this process works, and he's been able to put it into a platform that automate, automates it for these brands and student athletes. Yeah, I appreciate that, Drew. You know, anytime you're there's a whole new market with very little experience, which is what college is, because the kids have never done deals. Uh, most of the brands that they're really uh, attracted to have very little experience in sports marketing because the, the bigger endemic brands, that's not going to be a, a large amount of the volume. It's the local companies that for the first time are entering the category. And so uh, here comes a lot of people that are wanting to ride the coattails on both sides. So you have a lot of businesses that have been propped up. I see a lot of like panels and speaking engagements from people that have almost no experience actually putting together endorsement deals, which, which frightens me a little bit. Uh, but it also makes me really passionate about why we're doing this. Uh, and it's always been to stand for the athlete. I, I was so committed to creating a platform that could bring more volume of deals to, to athletes because I felt like uh, the, the marketing dollars were going around them. They're going to Instagram influencers and all these other people that made it very easy to get a hold of them. Uh, and so I think it's important, whether you're uh, a player's uncle or a friend or an advisor, to lean on a platform like what we've created, where we can create the infrastructure to protect the athlete's eligibility, to make sure the contract, uh, you're not selling away stuff that you, you aren't even familiar with. 
Uh, and just to make sure that that payment's going to go through uh, and that you're going to act, you know, both parties are going to execute on the agreement. We can, we can really help ensure that process. Uh, even if you're a, a, you know, a parent trying to help out their, their student athletes. I think the biggest thing I always say is get to know the folks that are interested in working with you. Don't ever start with no, don't ever start with just saying we're doing very limited amount of deals. Understand, take it as an honor when someone reaches out to you and, and who knows, you, you never know what, what potential opportunity could be a, a huge um, opportunity that could open up for you. Mentioned it briefly in, in the question I, I just asked you guys, but hundred days into this new era, wanted to get both of y'all's impressions on where we stand right, right now. Positives, negatives, new opportunity. I, I think we can all agree there is a big influx of deals right from the get-go. And then you started seeing it kind of waver off and you see a kind of a deal here with, you know, a, a local restaurant, a local t-shirt shop, but a lot of the big major brand deals, you haven't really seen make headlines in the last couple of weeks. Now you guys were the first to headline a major deal and facilitate that on July 1st. And so you guys get both ends of the spectrum in, in that regard. So want to just see y'all's take on where we stand as of now, mid-October, positives, negatives, you know, what, what can be done, what you kind of see coming down the pipeline. Yeah. It, I'd say overall, it's been really exciting. We've met expectations. Uh, the, the most exciting part is the growth, the amount of new brands uh, that are now expressing interest. Uh, we've had thousands of offers made to student athletes on our platform since July one, which being a hundred days out just shows the, the amount of regular volume that we're seeing and, and we're just one facilitator. So uh, that's what we're excited. The, the, the kind of misconnect is perception of value. Uh, and that's just going to take some time for people to just understand it. We're focusing on two, two parties that have very little experience. And some athletes think they're worth tremendously more than even a lot of the professional athletes that I've seen deals go down with. And then some brands just have no idea. So they're moving very slow. They're asking questions. They don't want to offend folks. So that process, just because people are coming in different angles, takes a little while to even out. Uh, and, and that's fine. We, we wanted to see the growth and people expressing interest, the adopting the platform. Uh, so I think overall, it's been really, really exciting. It's taking a little longer for brands to put together their budgets and really put hard planning against this. The bigger brands like uh, the endemic companies, they're never going to be a first mover. They don't have enough to gain. They have too much to lose by doing it wrong. So they're going to go in put together programming, activation, set budgets, and then they're going to start to move in. I call 2022 is the year of adoption. 2021 has been the media storm, the excitement. Uh, next year is going to be where, where a lot of this um, activity really comes into fruition. Chase, wanted to, to ask you this question. I think it's perfectly <laughs> targeted to your background, but on three and ILU is is totally focused and, and my passion is education for today's student athlete and also lay the foundation for education on student athletes that are, you know, in eighth, ninth grade that are going through the recruiting process and want to learn about young entrepreneurship, want to learn leadership skills, brand building skills, financial etiquette as they enter this NIL world. I wanted you to talk about how important a, a firm education is that strong that student athletes need to grasp in terms of marketing. How do you make yourself the most marketable version as possible so that all parties 
are positively affected when a deal goes down. I think we can all say that, you know, you don't want a major brand to come in and really want to work with you because you're really popular, have a huge social following, do a lot of great things on a, on the field or at a big time university, but you know, off the field and by what you're posting and liking on social media, you're just, you know, doing yourself a big disadvantage. How do you think that education is so important in making sure these student athletes are the most marketable versions of themselves as possible? Yeah, I think, I think it's very important. Um, and I question some of the people that are holding their hands up, leading that process to, to the student athletes. But I think, again, it, you know, we live in a country where it's a free market and every, every student athlete has the chance to lean into this in their own way. And I think you're going to have to go out on your own and, and really understand what's the best way to position you as an athlete. Uh, and, and that's the big difference of working with an athlete from, from a marketing standpoint as a brand or, or buying a billboard or an out-of-home advertisement. Uh, individuals have personalities. They have backgrounds. They have things that excite them, that define them. And I think as an athlete, really digging into learning what is that that, that makes you different uh, and really like embracing that. And then obviously focus and excelling in your sport. That's going to be the absolute like standard. You have to have that done. You have to be at the top of your, of your sport and your craft, but then really, um, letting your own personality come through. That's not, it's not like a blanket plan that somebody can give you because nobody wants a really bland person that says all the right things in the interviews. They want somebody that, that is real and that can relate to the audience that, that can really identify with that individual. And it's not one type of person. It's all types. It's you're either a humble, quiet person, but you're, you're very authentic and you're very true to your relationships and you express that, or you're, you know, a front of the camera person that's funny. And, and that's just part of your brand. And I think making sure that you don't pretend to be something you're not, uh, you're very professional. You excel at your craft. Um, you're very responsible with the opportunity that's given. That is like a pretty much foolproof plan. And and I hope that these kids are getting it. Uh, and I know that not all of them are, but it's exciting that at least the ones that are leaning into this and are really going to um, find the best ways to do it, they're going to be compensated well because there's a lot of athletes on our platform. And the ones that just don't don't take any initiative, they don't really engage with the brand partners, they're going to get left in the dust. Yeah. And, and I think we've seen a lot of these headline athletes that, you know, have been all over the news on these big time five, six figure deals that you've seen. I think there's a lot of athletes and, and ones even I've talked to that think that, you know, NIL isn't really going to affect them. You know, there isn't a, a ton of opportunity there for them because they're not playing one of the, the three major sports that are revenue generating. What opportunity do you see for an athlete that, might not have 50,000 followers on social media that might not be scrolling across the ESPN ticker every single night. How can they go out and, and make themselves attractive to brands and go out and, and create opportunity and create a brand for themselves? I think it's, it's going into what products do they use? What's authentic to them? Uh, and, and really putting a lot of time and effort into how you are uh, creating compelling messaging to your audience. You have an audience most likely, if you're a college athlete, a lot of people look up to you for your dedication to your craft, how much you've sacrificed to get to where you are. And that creates compelling influence for a lot of different companies. So look into what do you already use? What do you love? I can tell you when, when I was signing athletes at Red Bull, we didn't work with a single athlete that didn't already use the product. Uh, most people wouldn't believe that, but I mean, that's a true story. I, I said no to, to deals where, where athletes wouldn't use it. And so find in, find those brands, find those companies, even on a local level, 
express to them that you're excited about what they're doing. You believe in their, their missions and, and see if there's, there's an opportunity to, to uh, drive value. And I think that, that there's opportunity for everybody. Totally agree on that. So wrapping up, you all brokered the first deal in NIL history. As we wrap up, I want you guys to both touch on that deal, what led to it, all the preparation, how it came about, and, and truly what July 1st looked for you all both at Icon. And it was, it was pretty exciting. Obviously, we've been working with a lot of brands and athletes before July 1 because we were doing deals with professional athletes. Um, and so we started onboarding college athletes uh, and their profiles were able to be hidden leading up to that. Uh, so we had a lot of brands reaching out to us saying, hey, we want to be first movers. We're excited to jump on this. Uh, and we said, yeah, it's going to be awesome, but we can't actually connect you with any of these individuals till, till 1201, you know, on July 1. And so people were coming up with plans. They're asking me, what should they offer? I'm like, you know, we can't negotiate this on your behalf. And so I, I would just say, put together, put together a compelling offer. You don't want your athlete to be negotiating with you back and forth. If you're wanting to get the earned media outcome of the first deal, uh, we have a huge, you know, plethora of athletes already on the platform and it's, and it's going to be exciting. Simultaneously, uh, Tom Cavender, uh, Haley and Hannah Cavender's dad called me and was like, Hey, I've heard a lot about your pro your program. Uh, is there anything you can do for my girls? And I told him, I was like, wait, well, they're in California. There's nothing they're going to do on July one. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, well, maybe they'll, you know, there's got to be a way that this would come into fruition. So they built their profiles. Obviously, July 1 came. Uh, Boost Mobile had, was doing a lot of research. And, um, and I, you know, I have a good relationship with them and, and the CEO, Stephen Stokel's there. And so uh, I said, fired away, man. And he hit, he hit the opportunity over. I mean, I was literally in this office right here, like two phone calls back and forth. Then we hit the road, went to New York. Um, and we said, we got to come up with some sort of a plan to make this a big deal. The whole thing came together literally in the ninth inning, um, we had zero media booked, uh, the day before. And then we ended up getting 3 billion media impressions, uh, from July one, which is bigger than any project I ever did when I worked at Red Bull with all the resources in the world. So, uh, it, it was pretty incredible. It came together. There's a lot of people that worked extremely hard. Uh, Drew, you know, love to hear your, your version of how that went down. Yeah, it was really cool, you know, being up in New York with Haley and Hannah Cavender, who have <laughs> sort of been the poster childs of NIL at the beginning. It was awesome. I mean, these are two female student athletes who play a non-revenue sport at a Mountain West school, and they were plastered on a massive billboard in Times Square. It was really a surreal moment. That night, also, Antoine Owens, who plays at Jackson State, which is an HBCU school, Deion Sanders is their head coach. He struck a deal with a Black-owned business called Three Kings Grooming out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Three Kings Grooming, the three brothers who own that business were up in New York City as well with us. An unbelievable moment. I mean, 24 hours before that, these things weren't allowed. Now this new era in college sports is ushered in, and you see student-athletes reaping massive benefits and brands who are excited to connect with these student-athletes and activate them because they know it's extremely mutually beneficial. That was the beauty of it. It was so cool just kind of sitting on the sidelines watching the Cavender twins soak in the moment, film TikToks, take pictures, and kind of have their jaws dropped by being on a billboard in Times Square. They had never been to New York City before. You know, we watched HBO Real Sports last night when they featured the Cavender Twins, and they showed some of that content that was filmed in Times Square, and the girls were still saying, 
that was a bucket list moment. You know, the exposure that they got, not only from that moment, but from what they have built during the pandemic. They started filming TikToks a year ago and amassed north of three and a half million followers on TikTok. It's been unbelievable. They would have never expected it. That is why this rule change is so good. It opens up so many opportunities for student athletes, not only in the three revenue sports, but all across the nation in any sport at any school, there is opportunity. And that's why I think on three and what you guys are building at NILU is so important. Taking the first step with actionable education coming from a current student athlete is huge. That's who student athletes can trust. That's who student athletes will listen to and grant in your shoes as you're about to get ready to go play Alabama this weekend, you know what these kids need to know, okay? There's no sense in trying to teach 18 to 22-year-olds right now in the first 100 days how to create your own LLC business entity, how to form entrepreneurship skills when they may not know what a W-9 is, right? We need to get right. the blocking and tackling down of deal-making so these student-athletes can capitalize, so they can understand the advantages of monetizing their NIL, and then you build on top of that. The questions that we get at the finish line are concerning, but we're happy to help at Icon Source, right? We are a true third party. We are agnostic. Make no mistake about it. We stand firmly on the side of the student athletes. We want to help bring them any and every opportunity possible. And that's what we aim to do. So we're thrilled. I'm fired up to follow along what you guys are doing at On3 NILU because I know you're doing what's most important. And that's what these student athletes need right now. Drew, I, I really appreciate those kind words. And, and you touched on exactly why I saw such a great, uh, truly a, a remarkable opportunity to go and educate student athletes as a student athlete now, currently at a, you know, SEC power five revenue generating, you know, I, I play football sport while also have, have been an entrepreneur since I was 15 years old, grown a couple new businesses since I've been in college and now running this division the amount of knowledge that I've gained that you will never learn in a college classroom from a yeah. professor in a textbook, but real life knowledge of just communication, how to deal with an angry customer and how to put out a fire, yeah. contract negotiation, basic marketing skills. Heck, like if you take it to the kindergarten level, like how to write a professional email, that's yeah. all stuff yeah. that like you just Absolutely. learn how to respond to things. Like, that's stuff that I've been able to learn when I was 15, 16, 17, and now up to 22 years old that I was like, man, with NIL here, like it's not all about going and chasing and getting a bunch of money and signing this deal and, and going and wearing all these shirts and posting about on social media. Like there's a ton of opportunity to just educate yeah. student athletes on basic life skills that are going to better them, whether they're going and getting a big NIL deal, setting them up to go meet with professional scouts or yep. whether they're entering the workplace when their playing days are over. And, and really, we're just fast-tracking all those life skills that they might learn five or 10 years from now, and now they're learning them at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old while they're in college, while they're on the field, and while they're yeah. going in NIL deals. So we're kind of able to mesh the opportunity of you know business education to go and make yourself marketable and learn that side of things, but also learn them or teach them just basic life skills that are going to be valuable for, for years to come. So I appreciate your, your kind words there. I just wanted to kind of give a little pitch there of, yeah. of why I think the education is so important. So no, um, I, and, and, and I'll yeah. say one thing too. I mean, I'll put my hand up when I was a student athlete, 18 to 21 years old, I didn't know what a W9 was, right? right. I did not know yeah. these things because to your point, Grant, 
there were no classes, actionable classes or opportunities because that just wasn't a talking point. So that's the important thing here. You guys are doing great work. And I think it's awesome. We work hand in hand with that. So I'm really excited. And again, I'm, I'm, um, I'm pumped for you and your future here. It's awesome. I appreciate it. As we're wrapping up, one final question. I wanted to give each of you, and, and Chase, I'll start with you, just one piece of advice that you would give to student athletes, whether they've gone and gotten a couple deals, whether they're you know iffy about going and, and starting their own brand and starting to partner with companies, whatever it may be, one piece of advice that you give to student athletes as they try to navigate this new name, image, and likeness era. Yeah, I would say any brand or group that offers you an opportunity, uh, don't ever just say no. I mean, maybe unless it's like a, you know, a drug company or something, but <laughs> always ask, yeah. always ask for a little bit more information. Be very respectful. Say, wow, it's an honor that you actually think, you know, I can provide a ton of value to you. Would love to learn more about your business. What do you stand for? Uh, what's your product like? Even if it's somebody that you initially would never imagine it working out with. Just building that interaction, building that network, understanding that it is an honor to receive that kind of inquiry. Uh, and, and, and maybe it's a deal that's product only or $100. But once you ask questions, that puts you in a position to really say, hey, actually, my minimum is $5,000. Uh, would love to work with you. I actually have used that product a bunch in the past, uh, but my time is precious with all my commitments. Uh, so, and, and, you know, then you have a position to actually create a, a significant amount of negotiation, but uh, just refrain from, from the blanket answer of no. Uh, that's not what a lot of people worked really hard to, to create this opportunity for. So. Drew, all yours. Yeah. You know, I think kind of piggybacking on that, uh, I would say show up, right? So answer, respond, be active. This is all really exciting. Listen. People are 100% wanting to get involved with NIL. If you make yourself available to a point where it's not going to interrupt your schedules, we all know that you're a student athlete, right? We all know that if you excel in the classroom and on the field, more opportunities will come your way. But shutting things down, not responding, uh, that just puts a bad look on yourself. It puts a bad mm -hmm. look maybe on your school or on your teammates. And the brand is simply not going to want to engage with you or and really take advantage of this moment. This is a great opportunity to take advantage if you're a student athlete. It's unbelievable the connections that you can make just by simply having a conversation with the brand, uh, the education that you can really kind of hone in on. This is awesome. Grant, I think you say it on some of your former podcasts. NIL really is fast tracking real life skills by five to 10 years for student athletes. Uh, take advantage of it. it. It's, it's a really fun time to be a student athlete. I wish I had these opportunities when I was in school. Well, Chase, Drew, can't thank you enough for coming on today. Student athletes and anyone joining this show, go and check out Icon Source. They're doing a lot of cool things. Can't wait for you guys to join us next week on the next episode of Invest in You. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening to the Invest in You podcast by On3Sports. We look forward to our new episode releasing next week. In the meantime, follow along with us on social media at On3NILU on Twitter and Instagram.